Welcome to Talk and Tea with Amanda, Conversations for the Heart and Soul. I'm your host, Amanda Brutus Phillips. So welcome listeners. I hope you've all had a fantastic week, as fantastic as it can get considering the conditions that we are all experiencing in this time in history. This is episode three. It's amazing how quickly time seems to be going by. And even as I sit and record these sessions, it's I find that I have to allow myself to really focus on being present. And that brings me to our topic today, which is all about self-care. And now more than ever, self-care is so important for us. We're being bombarded with so much information coming from so many different angles. What do we believe? How do we act? What do we decide is right for us, right for the collective? And how is all of this energy impacting us, impacting our mental health, our emotional health, and our spiritual health? So self-care has never been more important, my friends, and I hope I hope and pray that you are fully immersing yourself in that. So before we get any further, let's go ahead and connect with our tea. This morning I am drinking a lemon bergamot tea and the lemongrass is quite strong in this, which I love because lemongrass is one of my favorite teas. So if you have a moment, let's go ahead and create that stillness. And if your mug isn't too hot and you have an opportunity to hold it and place a palm very lightly on your mug, just to feel a little bit of that warmth. Close your eyes if you can. Hopefully you're in a quiet place that you can have this time for yourself. And as you close your eyes, you can give yourself permission to retreat inward. Taking a deep in breath through your nostrils. And as you exhale, just allowing your whole body to relax. Taking another deep in breath through your nostrils, filling your whole body with this nourishing life force. And exhaling through the mouth, body relaxes. Maybe taking this third breath on your own, noticing what this in breath feels like to you. And finding the release, the letting go, the surrender through the exhalation. I invite you to just continue 
your natural breath. Feeling the stillness wrap around you like, like a blanket or even fitting you like a glove. Allowing yourself to simply deepen your awareness of the present moment. Letting go of all the external things that are fine for your attention. And moving, moving more inward. Moving more inward into cultivating your inner peace. And with each passing breath, you can give yourself permission to relax a little deeper. Breathing and letting go. Breathing and letting go. Noticing just how this simple act of being still in the silence, how very nourishing that is. When we can lower the noise level. And really give ourselves a chance to, to do nothing to do nothing but breathe and to befriend the now, befriend being present. So we can have a deep sense of clarity. We can connect with our heart. We can feel. Allow your awareness now to move down towards your heart space. I'd like to invite you to just take a couple of breaths breathing into your heart. So with every inhale that you take, feel like you're breathing into the center of your heart and expanding the energy of your heart. I'm still feeling the warmth of your mug radiating into your palm. Feeling some of that heat radiating into your chest. Giving yourself deep permission to just relax. It's like coming home, but you're coming home to yourself. Take another deep in-breath. Exhaling out completely, softening the body, your face, your jaw, your inner and outer energies. When you're ready, open your eyes. And if you're ready, take a sip of your tea. I remember growing up as a child in, in Guyana, Georgetown, the capital. My grandmother would drink huge mugs of tea 
And at the time, I didn't have the wherewithal to drink a lot of tea. So sometimes I would pass my tea to my cousins because they just had more of an affinity to drink a huge mug of tea. But now I, I simply, I love it. I love beginning my morning or ending my evening with tea. So let's get right to it. Let's get to self-care because I think there are so many people that think self-care um, is a luxury or that they, they can't afford to take time to take care of themselves. But in reality, self-care is not a luxury. It is our responsibility to ourselves. It's a direct act of love on our part. Right? An opportunity to reset, recalibrate, rejuvenate our mind, body, and spirit. When you think about the huge amounts of energy that comes our way every single day, moment to moment, from all angles and all directions, we have so many things that we're inundated with. And those things just pile up, they pile up day to day to day, moment to moment to moment. And what we don't realize is that those things drain us. They drain the vital energy that we have to show up to ourselves with love and kindness, to show up to the other with love and kindness. And soon we find that our cup is really quite empty. Our tank is empty and we can't, we can't move forward. So self-care is a necessity for each and every one of us so we can show up with some vibrancy um, within ourselves. So really just like when we fly and we're given instructions from the flight attendant about in case of an emergency, you know, we're told to put on our mask first before we can help anyone else. And that's something that we really need to remember um, in our day-to-day -day lives. Am I putting on my mask first before I can help another? Especially as moms, right? If you're a mother and you're listening to this, moms are always given. We're always extending ourselves um, to children, to the house, to the spouse, to the friends. And we are the very last person that we actually give to. And now, especially with this pandemic, with the children being at home, I'm sure that given has ratcheted up significantly for a lot of moms because it's now become this balancing act. And so wherever you can find opportunity within your day, even if it's five, 10, 15 minutes that you can spare out of your day or sprinkled out throughout your day to engage in some form of self-care because it is, it is so crucial 
to our wellness and our overall health. And as we're we're all looking for ways to maintain our immune system, there's there's a deeper urgency for all of us, frankly, to engage in radical self-care. So that simply means that we're taking time to fill our cup first. So we're not running on empty. So if you're not getting sleep, if you're going, going all the time and you're not eating properly, all of these things will affect your immune system. Not taking, not getting enough of the right supplements, not getting enough sunshine, right? Sun, the sun is so important for our, for our health, our overall health. And so self-care, it's, it's not something just for, oh, those people can do self-care. Regardless of what your background is, chances are there's some opportunity for you to engage in taking really good care of yourself. And so it's interesting because now self-care is a, is a vital part of my day-to-day life. And, but I can remember a couple years ago when I owned my yoga studio, I had no idea how exhausted I actually was. I was working, teaching all the time, plus taking care of two teenagers, carpool, making dinner, assisting other people. And it really wasn't until <clears throat> until my my husband passed away that I realized how exhausted I was, how much I'd actually been doing, and how little I'd been giving back to myself. And so during the first couple of months after he passed, and actually quite into the years that followed, including to this moment, my bandwidth to overextend myself significantly decreased. So I found that I was only able to do those things that inspired me. And no became my new power word. And so I'd always been the yes, the yes woman. And I didn't realize at that time that saying yes all the time was actually me having a very porous boundary. My boundaries really weren't very healthy by saying yes all the time. 
And so I had to learn how to say no for, for my own well-being. Um, because whatever energy that I had, I actually needed it for my own healing um, after my husband passed away. And I really came to, I came to appreciate reclaiming that time for myself. I appreciated filling that time up with something that I needed. And I think for the very first time, I was practicing not being the doer all the time and learning how to to just be. So it's not all about keeping busy and and I get that for some of us keeping busy is helps to deflect what we're feeling. It helps to keep the edge off. But it's exhausting to keep doing all the time. And even to this day, I simply, I have to have at least an hour of silence for myself on a daily basis. And so my busyness to please others, that dropped away. And this idea of being, which is simply my presence to experience the fullness of the moment became a huge part of my life, huge part of my life. And I also had to become aware, right? So self-care isn't simply about taking a nice hot bath or sitting and reading a book or a favorite book. Um, Self-care is also how do we talk to ourselves? What's the language? What's the love language that we're using when we speak to ourselves? Brene Brown has this quote that says, talk to yourself like you would to someone you love. And I love that quote because we forget that we matter too. We forget that we deserve to be spoken to with the same type of love and compassion that we we give to other people. So self-care is becoming mindful of the language that we speak. So we need to think plan, create our self-care plan. Now being in grief really dictates that we, we have to change how we show up how we nourish ourselves because our bandwidth is so low. 
And by bandwidth, I simply mean our, our energy. We're, we have a broken heart and, and grief is a love story and there's some type of loss that has occurred. And so how do you nourish yourself also dictate the passage of grief at times. So for me, I found myself doing the most simple things that didn't necessarily require the expenditure of money. Some did, some didn't. A huge part of my self-care was taking long walks in the park and simply being a part of nature. To sit and listen to the birds and feel the wind on my skin. To watch the water. And it didn't matter if it was cold outside, I would take a blanket and I would just find a bench and sit and breathe. Sometimes a lot of times I would dance. Yeah. There was so much sadness I was feeling and I found that dance, dance changed that sadness to joy very quickly. It's the great transformer. I would write. Write and help to move some of the energy, some of the intense energies I was feeling onto paper. And so there is this idea of that I'm moving the energy from one medium to another, from me onto paper. I was telling the story, telling the story of my heartache, of my pain, my heartbreak. And then some of the other pieces that I've done, of course, therapy, um, exercise when I felt I had enough energy for that. Acupuncture helped considerably. As much, as much exercise as I could get. Uh, meditation, when I could actually allow myself to be still. Yoga. And the yoga was just really stretching at the time, right? Just to get my body to move some of the accumulated stress and cortisol that was running through my body. But really what this experience of being in grief taught me was that I was just as important as everyone else. And so we tend to think that everyone else in our lives are more important than us. And the truth is that we're the most important, the relationship with ourself is the most important relationship that we're ever going to build in our whole entire lives. And creating that intimacy is crucial to how we feel about ourselves. And it's crucial to 
how we're going to show up in this life. And so when we know our worth, taking care of ourselves is not a secondary act, but a primary act. It becomes essential. Katie Reed says, self-care is giving the world the best of you instead of what's left of you. Wow. I'm going to repeat that again. Self-care is giving the world the best of you instead of what's left for you. So we don't want to be leftovers. We don't want to give ourselves whatever's left over after we've given the best to everyone else. We only have the leftovers for ourselves. And so if that's been your story, that you're just, you've given so much and what you have is leftovers for yourself, think about how you can change that story and give the best of who you are versus whatever is left over. And so outside of doing random acts of self-care that that's visible, right? So we mentioned things like exercise and reading a good book or taking a hot bath. Self-care, there's subtler acts as well to self-care. And one that I mentioned earlier on was being okay with saying no. You'll find that you retrieve a little bit of your power. That you only begin to connect with the things that really inspire you from your heart to do. You move deeper into alignment with whatever your purpose is for that day. Does this thing align with what feels right for me? Does it resonate? Another sort of act of self-care is often to spend more time in stillness and silence. Maybe that creates room to meditate, pray, contemplate, or none of the above, or just to be in the silence, to be in the stillness. Another subtle act of self-care is crying. Right? So crying does something so powerful, it releases tension from the body it releases that thing whatever that thing may be that we might have been holding on so tightly and it and it creates this release for us so have you ever noticed that when you cry after a good cry how much lighter you feel in your body so crying is actually very healing for us and you know i know some of us Think that crying is a sign of weakness and my loves, my friends, crying is not a sign of weakness. It's that moment you get to 
that place within yourself where you said, I, I can't hold this anymore and I surrender it. So a good cry can go a far away in releasing some pent up tensions and energies. So another subtle act is, and I've actually got a lot of these uh, today because I realized that self-care is not just these gross acts, but these small little things. Um, so another one is choosing not to fix people's problems for them, right? And again, you know, probably more mothers than than fathers here, right? So choosing to allow people to hold their own baggages. We can be good listeners and we can show up and support, but not taking on other people's stuff. Really giving them an opportunity to show up to be responsible to their own problems. It doesn't mean that we're less sympathetic or empathetic. And that's not what it means. You know, compassion still is part of our day-to-day lives but really allowing other people to hold their own baggage to go in the checkout line and hold their own baggage or to retrieve their own baggage that way we have more spaciousness to handle ours developing an intimate love and relationship with ourselves is another form of self-care subtle self-care that we can choose to have a deep, direct relationship with our heart, to become our primary lovers. And by lovers, I simply mean how we, you know, at the beginning, how, the, the language of love that we choose to speak to ourselves. Do we listen to our heart when it speaks to us? Can we hold ourselves and embrace? Can we be the witness to our story? Can we say, yes, I see you and you matter? Can you look at yourself in the mirror and appreciate yourself regardless of how you look, right? I mean, we've been so conditioned to to think that we have to look a particular way and we miss this relationship that we could have with ourselves to just appreciate the version of ourselves that sh- that that we see on a day-to-day basis and and this one takes a little bit more time yes right developing an intimate relationship with yourself but it's one that is needed it's a necessity for us to find that to be in harmony with ourselves. Another subtle act of self-care is learning how to forgive ourselves. Being able to to say, "I, I forgive you, whatever that thing may be. Again, and it's simply Practicing self-compassion, self-kindness, becoming the love of your life. Can you fall so deeply in love with you? And again, people think, oh, well, that's selfish. 
Well, if you connect with the idea that you are love, then how is loving yourself selfish? Again, that becomes our primary responsibility versus outsourcing that love or to someone else outside of you, which is what we've been so used to doing, right? We move into relationships and we put all this pressure on someone else to love us. But where is our responsibility with that, with loving ourselves as well? So there, there needs to be some accountability when it comes down to loving ourselves. Another act of subtle act of self-care is limiting the amount of negativity you have coming in. So that might mean that you decrease the amount of time you spend watching the news, you decrease the amount of gossip, you decrease the amount of other people's dramas that you have coming in. And, you know, it's interesting because during the the first year of grief that I was in um, after my husband passed, you know, I, I actively had to even say to my family, I, I can't hold anyone else's story right now. And when I feel like I have enough space inside of me to be with your story, I will. But I just couldn't do it. I, I couldn't hold anything else that felt heavy for me. And I had to acknowledge that. And I had to communicate that. Again, which is a huge step for me because I, I'm, I'm always the giver and pleaser and the, and the person that shows up to help other people. And I found that I didn't have the space to do it. One of the biggest things that I found um, as an act of self-care was asking for help. Yeah, and, and this was really hard for me because I've been so used to doing things on my own, being the superwoman. And yet here I was in this in this grief and I felt like a I felt like an infant. And I had to ask for help. And it was a very humbling experience to open myself to receiving help and allowing the other to take care of me. Such a humbling experience to let go of my ego in my grief. Simply to say, I need help. And that was a huge, huge game changer for me in ways that that's still playing out in my life right now. So now I'm, I'm, I'm all about asking for help and it feels really good because I realize that I don't have to do this all by myself. And I love that because now I don't want to do it all by myself. 
I want to share. I want to bring other people on and, and, and share. And so how's your tea? How's it tasting? How's it feeling? How are you feeling? I hope this this time with me has been is a little bit of self-care for you that you get an opportunity to sit and relax and drink some tea and listen to a good story. You know, and I want to talk about these topics because now more than ever, we just really need to move in rather than move out. And we need these reminders that I need to focus on taking care of myself and what does that look like? What does that look like for me? Maybe after you're done listening to this, you'll create your own self-care plan. Jot down a couple of things that feels right for you. And begin to implement them. And maybe you don't implement them all at one time, but you try one on day by day and see how it goes and see how it feels. Does it feel good? Does this feel good? Does this work? And if it doesn't, toss it out and then do something else and see how that feels. So just play around with it. Play around with all the different things that might possibly feel right for you. And then sooner, sooner or later, you'll develop a self-care plan that is perfect for you. Perfect for you, might not be perfect for someone else, but it's perfect for you. And with time, I, I hope you can come to see the importance of you, the importance of you mattering, the importance of your worth, and your cup being filled. And noticing how when you your cup is filled and you do decide to give, how different that feels versus given from an empty cup. So my prayer for you as you continue to navigate the space that you're occupying, the experiences that you're having in your own personal life, is that you'll allow compassion and kindness to be your friend, that it will allow your footsteps to soften, and you can simply allow the present moment to keep befriending you. So sending you Blessings of joy, health, wellness, abundance, and protection. 
Be well, my friends, until we meet again next week. Wishing you a great weekend. Whatever it is that you do, make it so that it inspires you. That it brings you great joy. Not because you're doing it for someone else, but because you're doing it from that sacred inner place within yourself. Where it's coming from that place of resonancy, harmony, and alignment. This feels right for me. And joy just naturally sprouts from that spring. So sending you so much love. My name is Amanda Brutus Phillips. You can find me at holybadassliving.com. And until we meet next time, stay safe, my friends. Be well.